Who cares about your team winning the Super Bowl when your team could win the offseason? My name is Danny Heifetz, and I host the Ringer NFL Draft Show with Danny Kelly, Ben Solak, and Craig Horlbeck. We cover trades, free agency, the draft, obviously. We cover quarterbacks, and there are a lot of good quarterbacks this year. And the teams at the top of the draft, Washington, New England, Chicago, big teams with big histories. Listen to the Ringer NFL Draft Show on Spotify. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with Fandle, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. From Las Vegas, Nevada, from the Luxor. Yeah, I can't believe I'm saying from the Luxor. It's New York, New York. We go truly. JJ John Chistremski, rocking and rolling right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. It has been a rip roaring start to Super Bowl week out in Las Vegas. And we've had a couple of dinners. We've had an epic heater on the craps table. We have had a fantastic. Fantastic week at Radio Row with a whole lot of great guests that are going to be coming your way starting tonight. And we'll have many more as I am in South Africa, as you know, after next Friday for a two-week honeymoon hiatus. So we will still have content coming your way on the New York, New York feed. But on this particular Friday, the New York Knickerbockers, who right now are a mass unit, and that was clearly on full display in their game on Thursday night against the Dallas Mavericks, realized and Leon Rose wisely realized, hey, we need some reinforcements. We need to go and add some depth to this team that has been compromised a little bit since you made the OG Ananobi trade. Slam dunk trade, no-brainer trade, but you needed some workmanlike bodies to bring into this team to help in the short term and to help come playoff time. That is exactly what the Knicks were able to do on Thursday at the NBA trade deadline. And they go and get a guy first in Alec Burks that we know very, very well. And let's give our guy, Ian Begley, who is, listen, as good as it gets with these NBA insiders. I know from the local angle in covering the New York Knicks, nobody better. Nobody better. And what did he tell us on New York, New York Sunday night? Alec Burks is a guy to watch. Alec Burks fits the New York Knicks because they know him. They know what he brings to the table. There's not going to be any questions about toughness and defense and three-point shooting and all of the above. They go and get Burks. And in addition, they go and get Bogdanovich, who is going to help dramatically with three-point shooting. And you look, all of a sudden now, the Knicks who two years ago, it felt like were null and void of three-point shooters. Now it's Brunson when he's out there, can hit the three. DiVincenzo, who had a monster game on Thursday night, he can hit the three. Ananobi, when he's back and he's going to miss three weeks now, he's 40% from three. Josh Hort, you'll want him shooting 15, 20 times, but he's capable of hitting the three. Bonjanovic, his three-point numbers are great. Burks can hit him. And the Knicks have built themselves a versatile, well-rounded type of roster when all the pieces are in place. Here's all you need to know. Guys like Simmons are nervous about the Knicks. Milwaukee does not play any defense. Milwaukee is coached by Doc Rivers. Milwaukee is gettable. A lot of people are going to get on board with the idea that if the Knicks are right, 
They're the biggest threats to the Boston Celtics in the Eastern Conference. Now, that'd be a tall order. Now, let's get there first, right? Like, let's, let's live in a world where I am basically driving up and down 95 or flying. I don't know if I can handle that drive after once. It's Connecticut. It's, it's, it's a horror show. So, I, who am I kidding? I'll probably be flying to Boston for those games. But let me live in a world where the Eastern Conference Finals are up there and we're taking the show on the road. Bing, bang, boom. And it's the Knicks and the Celtics. Like, can you imagine that fantasy? It's hard to comprehend, but with what you've seen out of the Knicks, you could dare to dream. And I love that the roster now, you know what you have interior when Randall gets back. They need Randall back. Brunson, you know, he's the number one guy. He's going to run the offense. You got shooters all over the court. You got defenders all over the court. They get Mitchell Robinson back. Then you're really cooking with something going into the postseason. So I like where the Knicks are at. How can you argue otherwise? The key now moving forward is simple. Health. You got guys you're waiting on. And you can't come for losing this game on Thursday night. I mean, they're basically starting the junior varsity roster. I mean, my goodness. Uh, it was like they had six guys playing in the game. And yet they were hanging around to the point where it's less than double digits with about five minutes to go in the fourth quarter because you had guys hitting threes left and right. So applaud the effort. Not good enough against Dallas, but you'll wait on that NNOB timetable. All-star break coming at a good time. You'll monitor the Julius Randle timetable. And let's see how Bogdanovich and Burks fit in this mix. And for Leon Rose to be able to make this move without giving up first-round picks where it's just the likes of Grimes, Second rounders, Malachi Flynn, the stiff contract that is Evan Fournier. Zach Lowe tweeted this out earlier today. Knicks are one of the most well run organizations currently in the NBA. Can you believe that? The Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks, the Knicks are actually in league circles. Respected. League circles. They're like, yeah, they know what they're doing. Wow, the Knicks. Wow, the Knicks. Can you can you believe this? And I'll take it a step further in our town. And I'm going to say this to Stephen A. Smith. He doesn't necessarily agree because of the Yankee pedigree, but I've seen the Yankees over the last five years. Right now, the Knicks are the most well-run team out of any of the New York teams. Don't at me. The Leon Rose, World Wide West, Tom Thibodeau, Brain Trust. I have more confidence in today. Today than any of the other brain trusts. Go look up and down New York sports. Jets, Giants, Yankees, Mets, Rangers. I'm not going to get nuts with the other hockey teams because we don't talk about them a ton. Nets, yeah, believe it. So, great day for the Knicks, despite the fact that they lose this game on Thursday. Now, we're getting ready for the Super Bowl. And I can tell you, being out here, everybody and their mother loves the Chiefs. I, I, I felt that way before I left. It's that much more clear to me now. And listen, I understand I'm betting against Patrick Mahomes. And I understand the Kansas City Chiefs have won two Super Bowls. Andy Reid is great off a bye. The Chief defense has been magnificent all year. But we sit here today and the San Francisco 49ers on FanDuel are two and a half point favorites. When the entire betting public has no issue and no problem betting the Kansas City Chiefs. What gives? And to me, it boils down to San Francisco can run the ball. San Francisco's got a lot of different ways to beat you offensively. And I think it's their time. I know there's a lot of pressure on Shanahan. I know people are waiting for Brock Purdy to turn into a pumpkin. Well, guess what? He was down in the fourth quarter against the Packers. Came back and won the game. He was down 17 points to the Detroit Lions in an NFC Championship game. So what you want about Campbell? So what you want about how that game transpired? Did he lead him back or not? That kind of leads me to believe they got a little voodoo. They got a little juju on their side. And the sense I get, and you'll find this out when we have Joe B on, when we have Art Dice on, I think it's their time to break through. And I may look like a damn fool, and I know I might be yelling and screaming and ranting and raving in classic JJ fashion that, Hey, I picked against Mahomes again. Yeah, I picked against Mahomes again. Well, guess what? Spoiler alert. I'll be picking against Mahomes again. I think the Niners are winning this Super Bowl. 
I said it. Now, one thought here before we get to voicemails. I heard the Woody Johnson comment, and I'm going to talk about Flacco when I have. We're going to have Garrett Wilson tomorrow. We're taping him. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, we taped with Saquon Barkley. It was fantastic. Really, really enjoyed it. And uh, I don't think Giant fans, if you're in the camp of wanting Saquon back, and I'm a Saquon guy, and he's a tremendous talent, and listen, I'd love to see him as a Giant for life. I understand the economics of the sport. He's going to get paid what he feels he's worth, as he should. From talking to him, reading the tea leaves, I don't think he's coming back to the Giants. I could be wrong on this. Maybe I'll get a bad read. I don't think he's coming back to the Giants. And that's something that's going to be an interesting storyline to watch here over these next few weeks. But from Jetland, Woody Johnston having the audacity to say at NFL uh, at the NFL Honors, we needed a backup quarterback. Woody, honestly, kick rocks. Kick rocks. We all know you wanted your buddy Zach Wilson backing up Aaron Rodgers. We all know you were instrumental in making sure that was the case because the Jets easily could have gone after week one and gotten themselves, hey, whoever, Wentz, Flacco, you give me the guy. For Woody Johnson to come out and say we needed a backup quarterback is so tone deaf and is so insulting to the fan base. It's pathetic. Absolutely pathetic. And now he's basically issuing the edict, okay, we better win. Well, in all honesty, Woody, no shit. No shit. But this is what I mean about a lack of confidence. I got no confidence in this owner. I got no confidence in this GM. I got no confidence in this head coach. You know, it's interesting. I had Marcus Spears on. You guys are going to hear this in a couple of weeks. Maybe next week, two weeks, whatever the case may be. And he's kind of talking up the Jets to me. And I'm like, really? Because of Rodgers. Really? Tough sell right now. Not going to lie. Not going to sugarcoat it. Tough sell. All right, let's hear a couple of calls before Stephen A. Smith in the Football Friday guest. And Stephen A. Smith, I never chatted with him before. It lived up to the billing. All right, uh, let's hear some voicemail, Stefan. JJ, Brad from NYC. Let's go, baby. The Knicks. Talk about a deal. We got uh, Alex Burke coming back to NYC. And we got Bogdanovich, who is a not just a great shooter, but a great scorer. 20-point-per-game guy this year, and, you know, he's going to be great in the playoffs for us, so create spacing. I dare teams to try and double Randall or Brunson with this team now. We got scorers and shooters all over the place. The other big thing about Bogdanovich is he's really going to help fill the next couple weeks without Randall. If OG, nobody really seems to know what's going on with OG's elbow, but if he's out, Obviously, Bogdanovich helps there as well. Not so much on the defensive end, but um, yeah, I'm pumped about this team. We're now looking at a playoff rotation of hopefully Brunson, DiVincenzo, OG, Randall, Hartenstein, and then coming off the bench, we go four or five deep. We got Burks, Bogdanovich, Hart, maybe Mitch will be back. Then we got Deuce and Precious and situational stuff. I love this team, baby. Bring on Boston. Bring on Milwaukee. Bring on Philadelphia. And these come back. Check ball with anyone, man. Let's go. You're the man. Keep doing what you're doing. Well, I appreciate the call. I appreciate it. Look, Banyanovich and what he provides is instant offense, three-point shooting, and they need some volume in the time being. We talk about how crucial it is for the Knicks to end up with one of those top three, top four seeds. And in all honesty, if the Celtics end up as the one, you really want to avoid them as long as humanly possible. So I'm very much on board with the idea that Knicks holding that three, especially when it beat out. And Cleveland obviously is making a move, but you're in a position where you're shorthanded now for a while. And I think that really, in many ways, accentuated the sense of urgency here for Leon Rose, where it's like, we got to go for this. We have a team that has shown us that we're in it. We need help for the playoffs. We need help now. Let's get it done. And they did. And to keep all those assets, to keep all those first-round picks, to allow them flexibility to do things come summertime, that's a brilliant, brilliant job of being able to maneuver. Brilliant. Let's take one more. Hey, John. It's uh, Jake from Charlotte. Uh, I think the Knicks did really well today for the trade deadline. Picked up uh, Burks Bogdanovich. 
uh, two really good veteran players who can shoot and uh, kind of create their own offense when they need to. Um, definitely, you know, happy to have those guys and hopefully uh, get Randall back next month. Um, and I guess the one concerning thing is hearing about OG uh, having a bone spur irritation. Um, you know, that's not, nothing you ever want to hear a uh, player having, but hopefully he's uh, good come uh, playoff time. And um, yeah, if uh, everyone gets healthy again, I think the Knicks have really good uh, depth for the playoffs and uh, can definitely make a run, uh, especially adding Berkshire and Bob, uh, Bogdanovich. Uh, but yeah, thanks, man. Uh, let me know what you think about the, uh, the team roster, team makeup now, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks, man. Bye. I love the team makeup when everybody's on the court. I think that now is going to become the big factor. Hey, what do all of these pieces look like once everybody is back in the fold? Well, you're going to have to wait now. Ananobi, it's interesting. If you would have told me a week ago he missed three weeks, I would have said, that's awful. Then with some of the inklings and rumblings that were coming out surrounding his injury that were very vague, I'm like, oh boy, is this worse than maybe I anticipated? And the Knicks really trying to keep this a secret because they're trying to get stuff done come trade deadline time. I said, three weeks, it stinks, but the All-Star break's mixed in. You'll have him back at some point in March and he'll be able to start ramping it up come playoff time. That's one knock on Ananobi, and I love his game as a player. He misses time. And that's been the case in his Toronto tenure, and now you're seeing it with his Nick tenure. But you think about where this roster was a few years ago when they were playing the Atlanta Hawks in the playoffs. And think about the roster they potentially could have going into the playoffs with the pieces around Brunson and Julius Randle. A lot of versatility, a lot of shooting, a lot of defense. I like it. Listen, next losing in the first round, you're going to be bitterly disappointed. To say, hey, second round, is that the barometer of success? I think it depends on who you play. I really do. And I also think we have to see how this thing is progressing going into the postseason. But, yeah, I'm starting to dream about conference finals. And I know some of you are starting to dream about NBA finals. Can you believe that? Great time to be a Knicks fan. Great, 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 great time to be a Knicks fan. That's after a night they're going to lose the Dallas Mavericks. Think about that for a minute. All right. Rest of the pot is it's loaded. It is juicy. For the first time ever on New York, New York, the legend Stephen A. Smith. I cannot wait for you guys to hear this. We're going to run through the gauntlet. Then we'll do our Football Friday stuff. Benigno, Art Dice, and we will say sayonara from Las Vegas. All right, Stephen A. Smith, up next. Football fans, FanDuel has the perfect way for everyone to get in on the Super Bowl 58 action with a no-sweat, same-game parlay. But when you bet on Super Bowl 58 on FanDuel, one game can mean a lot of wins. America's number one sports book has all your favorite bets like the money line and the spread, plus all sorts of prop bets. So, you know I like the Niners. I'm taking Valdez Scantling over two-plus receptions. I'm going 20-plus rushing yards for Debo Samuel. And let's take George Kittle to go and score a touchdown. It's a nice wide array of options. Obviously, San Francisco, Jimmy. That means when you combine all your bets for a chance at a bigger payday, you'll get bonus bets back if your SGP doesn't win. So start building your own or just bet a popular SGP already made for you in America's number one sports book. Just visit FanDuel.com slash NYNY if you don't already have an account. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Must be 21-plus in present select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit theringer.com slash RG. Minimum three-leg parlay required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Max refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Let's welcome to New York, New York, a guy who needs no introduction. I can't believe I get to talk Knicks with this guy. I'm already fired up. The host of the Stephen A. Smith podcast, First Take, a man wearing the most fly suit at Radio Row. How are you, Stephen? I'm good, man. How you doing, man? How's everything? Can you believe we are living in a world 
but the New York Knicks are the most well-run team in New York City? Well, right now, yeah. I mean, listen, if you're the New York Yankees, could you be better? Sure, but at least you got 27 championships to fall back on. Um, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, they're moving on, on up. I respect it, but I've waited too long, man. It's, it's been 1973 since 1973 since the New York Knicks have won a championship. So I appreciate the fact that they're well run now compared to how they've been in the past. But to be quite honest with you, I'm just not satisfied. I want a championship. I want a, a, at least a trip to the finals with a respectable chance to win a championship. I'm aching to see that from the New York Knicks. And until that happens, I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to You're going to be glass temper, half empty. I'm going to temper, I'm gonna, well, I'm going to temper my enthusiasm. Okay. You can call it glass half empty all you want to. I got 50 years of misery to point to. I get that. And so that's what I'm talking about. I want to hear no shit about no glass, glass half empty. These guys have, have played with my emotions and my heart for quite some time. At least you've and, seen and, one though, Steve. And and I've just, never uh, seen one. Well, again, well, you can say I saw one, but you count me six years old seeing one. It's really five going on six yeah. because the finals are in June and I had turned six that October of 1973. So my attitude is, as far as I'm concerned, I don't remember. Jalen Brunson, can you believe he's this good? Because when the Knicks brought him in, I liked him at Villanova, winning player, played well in Dallas. But then he comes to the Knicks, Stephen A. The, the guy just born. Nobody, nobody, no, born nobody, no, nobody, nobody saw it. New York Knicks lucked up. Um, I don't think they saw this. Jalen Brunson has been sensational. Um, he's a he's literally a league MVP candidate. Literally a league MVP candidate. And I think you got to give credit where credit is due. And I got news for you. With Embiid out and no longer scheduled to be eligible for league MVP honors, if the New York Knicks end up with a top two seed in the Eastern Conference. Jalen Brunson is going to be my league MVP. I love hearing that. I really feel that I way. I love that. He's been absolutely sensational. But we also have to recognize the fact that if he is our number one option, the chances of the New York Knicks winning an NBA championship still are less than when you consider some of the other teams like a Denver, like the Clippers, like Boston, et cetera. And so I'm worried about that. I still think the Knicks would be nice to get a piece. Bogdanovich, Burks, I get it. They're an upgrade. They help you give you some, some depth. I get that. OG Ananobi, I can't say enough about the acquisition of him and uh, elevating them to being the number one defensive team efficiency-wise. I love what I'm seeing from them. But I do believe you need someone other than Brunson to rely upon, and I'm not going to say it's Julius Randle because go back and look at the numbers. Once the playoffs arrive, Atlanta, Julius Randle knows dives offense, from an offensive efficiency standpoint. Never cheats you with effort. Always plays hard. Always shows up. I like him. But I have told Julius Randle on several occasions, he's a third offensive option, not a number two. And so to me, the New York Knicks need to find a number two or a number one scoring option, which is why I'm still salty they don't have Donovan Mitchell. Because if they had Donovan Mitchell last year, I don't care that they beat Cleveland. If Donovan Mitchell were on the New York Knicks last year, the New York Knicks would have been in the conference finals. They would have beat Miami. And they would have been in the conference finals. But they don't have him. And then, by the way, this brother right here, Donovan Mitchell, um, Cleveland is only battling for the number two seed in the East. Um, Donovan Mitchell's averaging about 27, 28 a game, okay? If you had him, I don't care what anybody says, New York Knicks are in the conference finals last year. You think he'd play well with Jalen Brunson? Yes, yes, because here's the deal. They might be undersized defensively, and I get that. But that's where the Mitchell Robinsons of the world and others come into play Ananobi. because of how, and Ananobi, because of how they're utilized defensively, strategically by a Tom Thibodeau. My issue is, okay, offensively, how can anybody have a question to that? Donovan Mitchell can't be stopped. This brother could go out literally every night as the number one offense option with you game planning for him and guaranteeing you 25 to 27 a night. Then we take into account how Jalen Brunson has shown himself to be a winner. And this is the part everybody ignores. Why did Jalen Brunson get his money? Because he was playing in Dallas with Luka Doncic, who holds the ball, monopolizes the ball, and somehow, someway, Jalen Brunson goes up in the playoffs and shows you what he's made of and what kind of cachet he could bring to the table. But they messed up the year before because they only offered him about $53 million. So by the time they were ready to offer him more and they only could give him about 80-plus, that's when the New York Knicks dropped 103 on the table for him. I'm saying to you, Jalen Brunson has shown his ability to be able to play with whoever you put beside him. So now we're talking about his height with Donovan Mitchell's height. Well, Tom Thibodeau, what the hell do you get paid for? You ain't playing. You get paid to come up schematically with something to offset that. 
and you are a brilliant defensive mind. Well, I got two undersized guards here, okay, that can average 50 a night for me on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, they're miniature. How do I offset that? Tom Thibodeau should be able to figure that shit out. Period. You broke the LeBron story, 2010. What's more likely to happen, Stephen A.? You know Donovan Mitchell wants New York City. He's a New York boy. He's a big-time Mets fan. He loves the stage of New York. LeBron, his situation unsettled right now in L.A. I tell you right now, more likely to happen. LeBron finally comes to New York. Donovan Mitchell is in there. I say Donovan Mitchell. The reason I say Donovan Mitchell is because Donovan Mitchell wants to be in New York more. LeBron would be willing to settle for New York if he couldn't be in L.A., but he's got a lot of things outside of basketball going on that Tinseltown facilitates. I don't think he's appreciating the cachet that New York and winning in New York would bring him. I also think that there could be a change in his thinking if the Clippers end up winning this year because how are you going to feel being the fair-weather stepchild to the Los Angeles Clippers if they win a championship, then they move into a new arena, they're the reigning defending NBA champions, and they've got all of their pieces in tow because Kawhi Leonard has been re-upped Paul George is scheduled to be re-up. The billionaire that is Steve Ballmer could potentially re-up a James Harden. Russell Westbrook has already accepted less, not only in dollars, but a lesser role being that energizer bunny and spark plug off the bench. And normal power, as big time as he is, isn't going to be in a position to command but so much. So you gotta, you're going to have your pieces in place in the second largest city in the United States in Los Angeles. You're going to be a champion, assuming that happens. If you're LeBron James, do you still want to be a Laker under those conditions? I don't know whether or not that's the case. But I do know this. Donovan Mitchell always wanted to be a New York Knicks. Leon Rose blew it. Leon Rose had Gershon Rojas, who was in Minnesota, on the phone negotiating with with Danny Ainge, one of, if not the most elite executive in the NBA in the modern era. And you tried to bluff Danny Ainge. Well, I mean, what the hell? That's what happened. I am not guessing. I'm me. I'm telling you what I know. That's what the hell happened. He tried to bluff him. They said, we got a deal on the table. We got a deal on the table for Donovan Mitchell. And I'm telling you right now, we want about these five picks, all right, along with these couple of players. And if you're not willing to do it, we're going to send them to somewhere else. We're going to send them to Cleveland. And they thought he was bluffing, and Danny Ainge pulled the trigger. That is what the hell happened, which is why you have heard me so pissed off over the last year and a half, and I continuously go off on my own team. I've known Leon Rose for two decades. I've known World Wide West for uh, 25 to 30 years. Everybody knows that I know what the hell I'm talking about when I'm talking about my New York Knicks. I am not guessing. That is what happened. Leon Rose gave the assignment to somebody else to be on the phone negotiating with Danny Ainge instead of Leon Rose. And that is the only reason why Donovan Mitchell is not a New York Nick. And nobody was more pissed about it than Donovan Mitchell. Guess how I might know that. I think you know, Stephen A. I think you know. Okay. I tell you the Knicks are in the conference finals. Not good enough for you. No, that would be good enough this year because I think that you're making a step forward. It's a major Um, step forward. It's a major step forward. And I would be happy with that. But they should have been there last year. That's fair. I feel great about them. My Yankees. Yep. You excited for Juan Soto? Uh, no, 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 no. Yes, I am. And they I'm finally excited. got a and lefty. Get the ball out of Yankee Stadium. Exactly. About damn time, You're right? damn right. So I'm very, very happy about that. I believe in Brian Cashman and those guys. Okay. And and Omar Minaya is working under 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 Cashman and his staff. And I've been buddies with Omar Minaya for for years. And that man knows his baseball. And so for me personally. I'm excited the direction that they're moving in, but we'll see what happens. Okay. I tell you right now, Stephen A., we like your stock alert. I let you buy stock. Jets, Giants for next year. You got to pick one. Jets. Because of Rodgers? Because Aaron Rodgers. Don't get me wrong. Their offense is horrible. Um, Salah and, 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 and Nathaniel Hackett, it's a crime that Nathaniel Hackett has a job as an offensive coordinator. There's no doubt about it. But at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is a bad man. And I'm not counting him out. You got Garrett Wilson. You got Brees Hall. I'm looking at that defense is elite. I can't bet against a healthy Aaron Rodgers in a New York Jets uniform on center stage at MetLife Stadium right right, right through the tunnel in the Lincoln Tunnel. I got to believe that their stock should be higher than Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, even though I love me some Brian Dable. Stephen, final one. Your favorite New York athlete of all time. Well, my favorite is Derek Jeter, El Capitan. Yes, sir. I'm a Derek Jeter dude all day, every day. 
That's my brother right there. I got mad love for him. He's represented the Yankees the way they were supposed to be represented. He demanded championships and a detention of detail and a focus. He wasn't interested in subpar nonsense. He did what it took, and he galvanized and energized folks to do the same. And if you didn't want to do that, he didn't want you here. That's the kind of athlete that I want representing New York City. We're here to win. Whether we win or lose, we're here to win, to strive to win. And if you ain't on the same page as me, get the hell out. That's what I'm I like talking that. about. Stephen A. Smith, great book, pod, first take, man of many talents. Thanks for a few Appreciate minutes. it, man. Thank you so much. It is hard to believe it is the final old school, new school of the 2023 NFL season. And who would have put odds, Joe Benigno, on the fact that the weather forecast in New York is better than the weather forecast in Las Vegas? You are going to play golf in warmer temperatures than I am today. That's unbelievable. I, I it really, I mean, we, look, it rained, we we didn't see the sun here for probably 10, 10 to 14 days in a row. And now, all of a sudden, all week, the sun's been out. And it's supposed to be nice right through Sunday, like in the 50s. Of, of course. Of course. Right, right when I leave and, and right. right when I depart for Las Vegas for the Super Bowl, uh, I'm fired up to have you on. Hats off on another great season. You beat me for the third straight year. What is your hype level, excitement level for this Super Bowl with the Chiefs and the Niners? Very low. <laughs> I, no, I, it is. I mean, look, look, I look at it this way. My team for the 55th consecutive year is not there, okay? So with that said, you know, I mean, it's, what is it? I mean, the Super Bowl, look, let's be honest, bro. The Super Bowl is for everybody but you and me, okay? Yes, yes. That's, that's true. true. It, is, it is for all the people that don't watch football all year and they're going to put the game on to see Taylor Swift, to see the halftime show, to see the new commercials. I mean, that's what, it, that's what it's all about, you know? And then there's a game, you know, in between it. So... Um, you know, I mean, I look, I mean, we're football fans. I've never, I've seen everyone. I've seen every Super Bowl, every one of them. Um, but I mean, as far as an excitement level, I mean, you know, I mean, it, it's not much really, to be very honest with you. Can you believe that Patrick Mahomes, who now is in the AFC championship game for the sixth consecutive year, it's his fourth Super Bowl appearance. They're underdogs in this game, Joe. That's right. The line right now on FanDuel has the Kansas City Chiefs as two point underdogs against San Francisco? You know, they were underdogs against Buffalo. They won that game. They were underdogs against the Ravens. They won that game. You know, when are they going to wake up the, the bookies? And I don't know what they're doing. When are they going to wake up and say, look, you know what? And I understand. Look, the Niners are very fortunate to be here. Let's be honest. The Niners easily should have probably lost to Green Bay and should have probably lost to the Lions. So they're fortunate to be here at this point. Uh, you know, and the Chiefs basically took care of business. So, uh, you know, I like can't. I, I'll tell you right now. I, yeah, make the pick. So you're on record. You're taking the Chiefs. The city and the under and the under. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I think the Chief defense, which has really been the strength of the team, obviously Mahomes is fabulous, but the Chief defense, which has really been the strength of the team all year, I think they're going to come up big again in this football game. I think Brock Purdy's in for a little bit of a rude awakening similar to what happened to Lamar Jackson two weeks ago. Well, once again, Joe, I don't learn my lesson because I'm picking against Mahomes and the Chiefs. I just think there's a, again, now I did it in the Buffalo game, to be fair, but in the Baltimore game, I was super confident. I couldn't have been more wrong. I told you, I can't pick against this guy, but yet the odds makers are installing San Francisco as a favorite. Why is that? I think they're going to be able to run it on Kansas City. And it's interesting. You like the under. I think if San Francisco wins this game, it is an over game. And it's going to be about McCaffrey. And it's going to be about Debo Samuel. And it's going to be about all of the variety of ways they can beat them. And let's not lose sight of the fact, Kansas City got shut out in the second half of their game against Baltimore. And if Zay Flowers doesn't fumble, and if Lamar doesn't throw the ball in a triple coverage, maybe we're talking about Baltimore winning that game, for goodness sakes. So I think San Francisco who has an axe to grind, who's been knocking at the door. And I like the fact that they won close games the last couple because it shows, hey, they got some chutzpah about them. They got some toughness about them. Well, I think what you said, though, about the about the uh, Niners, you can say it about Kansas City, too. I mean, you can run a ball on the Niners. Let's be honest. I mean, the, the, the Lions rushed for about 200 yards close to it on them. Uh, Pacheco's become one of the top backs in football. I mean, you can they, they, you know, they, their running game has really been outstanding. Um 
yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Look, I mean, there's no doubt about it. They need look. The Niners need this game more than the Chiefs do. I mean, let's be honest about it. Chiefs have already won two championships. And Shanahan especially, because listen, Shanahan is a terrific coach. He now has the reputation, Joe. He's like Andy Reid used to be. He never wins the big one. Never, never. Well, this is only his second one, you know. So, but still, you're right. He never wins a big one. Reid was in all those NFC title games with McNabb and the Eagles. He got to the one Super Bowl was to, to New England. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I just think the Chiefs, man, you're asking, there's something about them, you know? All of a sudden, Travis Kelsey has picked his game up. He didn't have a great year, dropped a lot of passes, was too involved with his girlfriend in my mind. All of a sudden, in the playoffs, he's come up huge. You know, he catches two touchdowns in the Buffalo game. He had a monster game against the Ravens. Uh, he's focused, man. And I said this to you, too, about Kelsey. Don't be shocked. If they win and he don't retire like his brother, I could. And he wa- and he rides off into the sunset. And he hangs out with Taylor Swift and he has a reality show. And listen, you know they're looking to make some changes on those desks as far as the pregame shows are concerned. They could throw a bundle of money his way if that's something he wants to do. I don't disagree. If they win this game, I think Travis Kelsey could retire. I totally agree. So look, he's walking into the Hall of Fame. He's one of the great tight ends of all time. And I think the other thing too. This could be it for Chris Jones. Chris Jones is a free agent at the end of the year. They only had him on for they only got him for a one year deal this year. And he's like, you know, he's probably the premier nose tackle in football. And, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe if he's gonna lead the Chiefs, he's gonna want to go out in a blaze as well. So and then and again, at the end of the day, they got, you know, if he's not the greatest quarterback of all time, he is closing in rapidly on that when you're talking about Mahomes. So I I, I just you know, and the Chiefs have a, have a chance to do something that hasn't been done in 20 years since the Patriots went back-to-back in 03 and 04. They'd be the first team to do that. Um, you know, and they can really stamp themselves as one of the all-time great teams here. They really can. Uh, I, I see what you're saying about the Niners. They've had a great year. They're a tremendous team. They're loaded offensively. I do think defensively they're a little overrated. But, uh, you know, I, I got to go with the, I gotta go with the champs. I got to go with the champs, bro. Fair enough. Joe taking the Chiefs and the under. JJ taking the Niners and the over. And I do see that correlation. Chiefs win. I think it's a lower scoring game. Niners win. I think you're going to have a whole lot of points. Now, before you go play golf and before you say goodbye, you need to alert the audience here of New York, New York, what you have been badgering me with and pestering me with. Trade yet, right? The Knicks. Now, now I am going to break news to you. They did make a trade. They got Bojan Bagdanovich, and they got Alec Burks, second-round pick gone. Yes, from Detroit. Goodbye, Quentin Grimes. Goodbye, Evan Fournier. Goodbye, Ryan Archie Diacono and Malachi Flynn. No first-round picks, second-round pick. And Bogdanovich could shoot the ball. I like that. Burks, obviously, has played on the team and knows what he's getting himself into. What do you think about getting two role players for this team? I like that, Joe. I'm a fan. Bogdanovich is the guy that played for the Nets. Am I correct? The same. Uh, I and Atlanta. No, that's the brother. Atlanta, Atlanta. Okay. okay. Uh, no, I, I look. I like the trade. Burks obviously has played for the Knicks before. Um, I like it. I'm a little worried where they are. Though. I mean, we're always injured. I mean, Ananobi's not playing again uh, tonight. Randall has been out. I don't know when he's coming back. Brunson twisted his ankle the other night. I guess he's. He's questionable for the game tonight. So I'm a little concerned from uh, from that aspect. But look, I mean, especially with all these injuries, you never have enough depth. Let's be honest about it. I mean, and uh, so why not? Why not? I, and he was with, and, you, and you're right, by the way, he was with Brooklyn. I forgot about that. He was with Brooklyn. It was Brooklyn, Atlanta. He's bounced around a little bit, but he can hit the shot. But you're right. Listen. If they're going to get to, and my goal for this team now, Joe, can they get to the Eastern Conference Finals and be better than what they were a year ago, they got to get Randall and Adenobi, and they got time to do it, back to health, and I think they got to be one of those top four to five seeds. They have to be, in my opinion. I mean, look, what are they sitting at? Three right now? Is that what they are? I think they're- and Embiid is out with this meniscus. He's going to miss time. Embiid's so overrated. It's, it's unbelievable. But, you know... But and he never plays. I mean, he never plays. I mean, come on, he's almost like Ben Simmons. Well, not quite that. No, 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 no. You can't go to that extreme. Come on now. I know plays. Then he gets hurt again. I don't know if he's back. I don't even know what he's doing. But what a disgrace. But what you have been pestering me on. I want to give the audience some context here before we say goodbye. 
They, since Saturday on SNY, have been planting the seed with LeBron James clutching CAA coming to good terms, LeBron and his future in L.A. in doubt, LeBron with the Nick towel on Saturday after the game. And I said, listen, I'm no fan of LeBron James. I've never liked him personally, but Knicks are a piece away. I would be open to the idea if he's willing to come as big of an egg on face I could have as I have in the past. I'd be willing to do it. And Joe has been relentlessly killing me for weeks. So I tell you, LeBron says to the Knicks, I want to be a part of this thing. Joe Beningo's reaction is as follows. I want no part of LeBron. You know, he should have been, you know, he had his chance to be here 11 years ago, whatever it was, 2011, okay, you know, with the decision and all that nonsense. You know, he didn't want to come to the Knicks then. Now, let's be honest, why? He didn't want to come here because he would have been looked at as the savior for the franchise, all kinds of pressure on him in New York under the media scrutiny, and LeBron couldn't take it. I mean, and to me, that's the bottom line. So now, now that the team is good, Right now we got a you know a team that's not that far away from the championship. Now all of a sudden you want to come here? No, 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 no. Thanks, bro. And let me and let me say this too, okay? And this is something else that bothers me. If you get, you know, I have issues with LeBron that have nothing to do with basketball. And I don't yes, you do. I don't yes, want to get into that either. You know why? I mean, he had a lot to say about a lot of things, and I, but I'm going to stay away from that for a second because I'm in, this isn't a, a, a political show. But what I'm going to say is this, okay? If LeBron did come here and win, it's all about LeBron. But if he wins, they haven't won it. I understand that, but they haven't won in 50-some years, Joe. Yeah, I want I want this to be about the Knicks, not about LeBron coming here and saving the franchise. I don't want to. See, they're not, they don't need to be saved right now. That's to your point, I agree with that. They don't need to be saved. Oh, but you know it would be all about him. That's all Unfortunately. We LeBron came here. LeBron got it done. I, I, please, just, you know what? Stay in L.A., you know, whatever, just stay away from my team. We'll win it without you. I felt the same way with Jordan. You know, and I, I look at Michael Jordan totally differently now. Than well, like in the late 90s when it was rumored he might come when he was dissatisfied with Kraus? Yeah, okay. He killed us all these years. Now, it hasn't been that case with LeBron. But, you know, Michael stuck it up our rear end all those years. Now I want to get in bed with the guy. And again, it would be all about him winning the championship. So, look, I don't think LeBron's coming here. Stay away from New York. Go, you know, stay in L.A., stay in La La Land. You got a house out there, whatever you want to do. Hang with Newsom. <laughs> you, you hang out with Gavin Newsom. Maybe, you know, maybe, who knows? Maybe, you know what? Maybe, you know, maybe you'll be his running mate at some point. You never know. <laughs> I had to set you up with that. Joe Benigo. Nice. I like the way you laid that up for me. You know what I mean? Well, I I'll say this. Say what you and I'm not a fan of the guy. I've never seen the Knicks win a championship and say what you want about LeBron. He's won every stop. So it would be apropos, by the way. But wouldn't you feel a lot better if this championship was about. Was without him. Fair. No. Julius Randle and OG Anano. Or somebody else that they bring in. Vincenzo. Wouldn't you be. Yes. Feel so much better. You know, Tom Thibodeau. I mean, that that's what it should be about. I would. But I just, I, I think they're a piece of weather. I think that team would never, I think it's fun as they are, as entertaining as they are, they're still a big piece away. You know? So, something to think about, Joe. Some, He's selling some, Brunson short. I think Brunson moved into a different world now. You know? He's a top 20 player in the league. He's a top 20 player in the league. I just don't know if he's going to be the number one on a title team, Joe. That's my question. Well, on that note, Joe, go hit the golf ball great. You got better weather than me. Uh, Valley High in Las Vegas. And how about the fact that this is our third year doing this together? Incredible. Yeah. No, it's, look, it's been great. It's, it's hard to believe football's over. We go into major withdrawal now. So, you know, what are we going to do? By the way, I won't. I, I probably won't talk to you. Now, when are you leaving for South Africa? Next Friday. Wow. Oh, wow. I will do a week, a week of TV and then two weeks, and I'll see you in March on the golf course. Wow. Now, have you have you, have you you set a tea time yet with Charles Swartzel and Louis Eustazen? Have you done that yet? We're working on that. Maybe Ernie Els will be our fourth. We'll see. With that here, right, exactly. Now, with that said, as I lose you here for a second, up here we got to go. There you go. Nice work on my wife. Here we go. Should be off, right? No? We lost you for a second here. Now, let me ask you this, bro. If I'm not now, you got the waste management this week on a PGA tour. Are you going to that at all or no? Because it's in Arizona. No, I'm stuck in Vegas all week. So you're in Vegas. That's right. I'm sorry. Now, isn't that women now? 
But is it the live tour playing in Vegas this week? They are playing in Vegas. Um, but no, because I'm playing myself. If I have a choice, I'd rather play myself. Not going to lie. You don't want to see Brooksy and DJ and uh, these Chambeau and these people? No? I wouldn't mind, but, I mean, you're giving me the option. I got to tape your buddy, Garrett Wilson. I got to tape Garrett Wilson tomorrow. I got a FanDuel party to do tomorrow. And then Saturday, I'm going to try and golf before the game and I get out of here. So, I got to work on Tell Garrett Wilson, the Jet fan base is not happy with him that he's changing his number after we all went out and bought the number 17 jersey. What is that all about? Make sure you point that out to him, that Jet Nation is a little upset with that. Can you please do that? I will do that, Joe. Thanks for you, to you. For you, anything. Anything. Joe Beningo, he's been with us the entire season. He'll be back next year come September, God willing. Joe, love you, buddy. I'll see you on the golf course when I get back from South Africa, all right? One more thing. Are you going to the game or not? I will not. I will be at the sports book, uh, hopefully cashing my winnings and hitting some Super Bowl boxes. We'll see. <laughs> Good for you, bro. All the love. All the best. God bless, man. All of it. Joe Beningo, we go from Joe to Art Dice. That's coming up. So we wrap up this final football Friday of the season the same way we started the final football Friday of the season. The only difference is Art Caesar and I were together at Circa after the Lion Chief game right before my red eye in week one. And due to the fact that the traffic in the town has become out of control, Art and I are via remote, even though we were in the same city. I am at the wonderful Luxor. Art Caesar back at shop. Buddy, the last hit of the year set the stage for everybody. As someone that lives in Las Vegas, it's different with me. I come and visit one to two times a year. What has the last 48 to 72 hours been like? You get the sense as far as feeling whatnot. There's just a lot of energy in the town, JJ. This is a town, we've talked about this before. We talked about it all year when we knew the game would be here. This town knows how to throw an event, knows how to throw a party. It knows how to host people. The town is very excited. Listen, Vegas has become a big-time sports town in these last couple of years. Obviously, the Golden Knights. They get the Raiders. They have WNBA. They're getting the Oakland A's. You know, all this stuff. So the fact that now they are hosting a Super Bowl, and we are hosting a Super Bowl here in Vegas, just a lot of fun. Obviously, the awards were here. All the stuff that you want for the NFL is going to be here. And I think the media, like guys like yourself who want to go to Super Bowls and stuff like that, what's better than saying, oh, wait, twist my arm, I'll come to Vegas? And it's been fantastic. We've been out there a lot, going to eat. There's a zillion things to do. There's almost Yeah. And over dinner last night, I see Trevor Lawrence walking out. I see Joshua Dobbs and Tyreek Hill walking out. Like, it's just a who's who in these casinos now. The entire NFL world coming down on, you know, the strip, that's basically what it boils down to, Art. All these NFL people are hanging on the Vegas strip for the next few days. Yeah, they are. And you know what's funny? I I've been in Vegas 10 years now, and the Super Bowl is always big here. And all those people you named, all the NFL players, the celebrities, they would still frequent Vegas for the Super Bowl even when it wasn't here. But now it's just amplified. It's 10 times, 20 times what you would normally get. Because the game's here, they can go. There's all the parties. There's all the events. Like I said, the awards were here. Like So the NFL players and the celebrities, they are going to be out. And they like to be out in Vegas because it's a fun town. All right. Now let's set the stage. Let's get to this game. Art, I walk around Radio Row. I'm doing my thing. And everybody and their mother loves the Chiefs. Yep. But here we are. We're 72 hours from kickoff. And all of the books have no problem making San Francisco a favorite. Is that due to the power rankings because of what has transpired throughout the regular season? Is that why this line is what it is? I know I can only speak for us. That's what it is for us at the Super Bowl. A couple of things. When we opened the game, we opened the game right after Championship Sunday. We opened it Niners 2.5, total 47.5. Instantly, we started taking chief money. We got all the way down, and because the market moved, it's not like we took very significant chief bets, but we took enough bets, and we saw the market move. Well, we got all the way down to Niners minus one, and then the Sharps 
blood in the water. They saw it. They jumped in. They laid one. They laid one and a half. Then the whole market went back to two. And we said, you know what? Let's get ahead of it. We've been sitting two and a half, JJ, for the last three days now. We're sitting there with a two and a half when most shops are still offering two because we just feel it will never get to three because obviously if it gets to three, the chief money really comes in. But we're confident enough in our power rankings with the Niners and what we believe to be the sharp square divide where all the public betters and even some sharp guys are going to take the Chiefs. They'll take them on the money line. But our most respected bets and money have been on the 49ers. And that makes me feel better about a pick I'm going to make. And it clearly has not been a great postseason for me. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. And this is the way I kind of see the game. I mentioned this with Beningo. I think if the Niners win, it's more likely to go over. I just think the game script kind of plays out that way. I think if this game goes under 47 and a half art, I think that's advantage Kansas City. Do you kind of read the total in the same sort of direct correlation or you don't see it that way? I don't disagree. And obviously the Chiefs, who are bringing this great defense to the game, a defense who doesn't give up a ton of points, obviously this is going to be a different challenge. We know the, you know, the opportunities that all the Niner offensive players you know, are going to have in this game. And, you know, they got a million guys they give the ball to. But I think the crazy thing to me about the total is that haven't done this now long enough. JJ, the total hasn't budged. We opened 47 and a half. We haven't even tinkered with it. We haven't gone 48 or 47. I saw a couple places go to 48 briefly, but this total has not moved for us. And we've seen both sides of the coin. People want to take over and under. The total is a now listen, the total is never going to make or break your day, even in a Super Bowl where you're going to get a ton of bets on a total because it's the Super Bowl. But I'm shocked that it hasn't even budged. That could change here in the next 48 hours. But I really am with you on that. I think if it's the Niners, probably goes over. I don't think it flies over. Probably goes high 40s, 48, 49. And yeah, if the Chiefs are going to play a game in the low 40s or the game ends up being in the low 40s, that's advantage Kansas City. What's your advice to everybody out there, Art? I feel like we do this every year when it comes to the props. And the prop market now is way more widespread for folks throughout the regular season. You know, a lot of these apps, we, we talk about FanDuel as they're a sponsor for us. They have them all the time. We're doing the SGPs. We're doing the anytime touchdowns. You're doing it during the regular season, the postseason, what have you. The Super Bowl, the prop market is insane. There is so much you can bet on. There is so much you can choose from. What would be your piece of advice to everybody out there? Obviously, don't fire too much. We know that. Do it in moderation. But what's your strategy as far as trying to handicap and attack the props? You're right with this prop market, JJ. We have 500 plus. We have 45 pages of props. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's just a ton of props. But I think you hit on something very important. And we've seen this over the last couple of years. But I just think the growth in people getting into the betting space and yes, week eight isn't going to offer what the Super Bowl offers and props. But I remember there was a time when I first started working in the industry and week eight, we didn't offer any props. So I think folks are now starting to recognize props, understand props, understand how to bet them. I always say, have fun with it in the sense that like easiest thing to bet, first touchdown score, someone to score a touchdown in the game. Very easy bets. If you're a new better, don't jump into the cross-sport props. Those are probably things that are going to confuse you. You might have to wait a week on your ticket to get cash. And listen, if you're a Chief fan or a Niner fan, maybe just pick a couple players on your team and have fun with that. I always think that's the best strategy. All right, I'm going to give a couple I like, but I want you to also give me a couple you like. Sure. I'm taking Debo Samuel over rushing yards. He ran the ball great in the game four years ago. He gets a week off. I think San Francisco is committed to running the ball, and I kind of get the sense, Super Bowl, everybody's zeroing in on Christian McCaffrey. This is what Kyle Shanahan says, all right, Debo, I'm going to give you a couple of carries here. I'm playing him 20-plus rushing yards. The other guy I like in Kansas City, and I can't believe I'm saying this, Art, because you couldn't catch a cold all year, Valdez Scantling has come on in the postseason. I'm taking him two-plus receptions. I I I get the sense Mahomes is going to throw to him one or two times. 
San Francisco can guard the tight end with Warner and their linebackers. Valdez Scantlin, two plus catches. I give you those two thoughts and counter what may be a prop or two that the audience should think about. I definitely like Debo, and I think the week off will help Debo. He'll be a little bit more healthy. He can come in, into the game probably fresher than he has been. I like that. And, you know, it's funny. When you talk about a guy like MBS, maybe a Rice, maybe even a guy like Juwan Jennings on the Niners, to me the Super Bowl is always about kind of the like outside guys. You have two weeks to prepare for all the big guys. So I think some of those pass catchers, are going to be favorable prop bets because some of their catch totals are low, some of their yardage totals are low. And the thing we've seen, first catch, a lot of people have taken over on guys and let's say first catch over eight and a half on some of those secondary guys and they've moved three yards because I just think people feel there's value in some of those lower guys that maybe the public won't bet, but the Sharps will be happy to bet. couple I do like, 49er players to score. I'm taking under three and a half. I think the Niners are going to win the game. I think they're going to score touchdowns, but McCaffrey's going to get one or two. I think the big guys get you the touchdowns. So I don't think four Niners score. So I'm a fan of that. That is my favorite kind of just off the beaten path one, which it's not a player prop. And I'm going to take, this has been a popular one, but I'm going to take Purdy over rushing. I like that. I like yeah. over-rushing yards for both quarterbacks yeah. for what it's worth. Yeah, I like it for I, both. I'm with, I'm with you on Mahomes, too. Now, Mahomes is number for us, you know, 27 and a half, a little bit higher. But Purdy, we opened 11 and a half. We've gone to 13 and a half. I still like it there. He showed in that Lion game he was willing to pull the ball down and do it. He's got a little Rodgers in him where, like, he's smart in the sense that, like, he's starting to figure out he can pull the ball down and run. And obviously, you just really need one big one run for that to happen. Now, you could get into a situation where if the Niners win the game and they have to knee the ball out, sometimes that can kill your rushing prop. So you always got to keep that in mind. Okay, Art. It's now time to shine. But before we do that, and I maybe jumped the gun a little bit here, Super Bowl MVP. We know the deal. Historically, it goes to quarterbacks. History tells us that if you take somebody other than a quarterback, it's usually not a good bet. I think San Francisco has a couple of good choices. I would not in a million years take anybody other than Patrick Mahomes. I know some are going to say Kelsey. No. I know some are going to say Chris Jones. No. I think the Niners, because of McCaffrey and because of Debo and because of what they provide, more opportunities maybe to take a shot on somebody other than Brock Purdy. Do you agree with that? And if you had a non-Super Bowl or a non-MVP, an MVP that is not a quarterback. There we go. I got it right. It took me five times to say <laughs> it. But uh, an MVP who's not a quarterback, who would it be? It, it, it's fascinating, JJ. And you're right. We've talked about this for years. If you love a team, just take the quarterback to win the MVP. Like the Chiefs, perfect example. You get the Chiefs plus 115, plus 110 on the money line. Just take Mahomes at plus 120, 125, plus 130 to win the MVP because he's most likely going to do that. As far as the chief guy goes, we always talk about sucker bets and fishy lines and all that. This isn't a sucker bet, because if you're throwing a couple bucks down on a longer shot to win the MVP, it's not a sucker bet. But I think Kelsey is fool's gold, and we've seen a lot of Kelsey action for the MVP. I think the guy you hit on probably has a better chance, even though his odds are way longer. I'd rather take Chris Jones over Kelsey to win the MVP. Obviously, if the Chiefs win the game, it's going to be Mahomes. Now, when you look at the Niners, the Niners are set up in the rare instance where they can win the game and maybe Purdy isn't spectacular. Maybe McCaffrey has, you know, 150 yards total, two touchdowns, three touchdowns, something of that nature. But I think the guy that you bet for his rushing yards, I think he's the guy if you want maybe a little bit of a long shot, maybe some value in a guy like Debo. I think Debo does have a big game. All right, final one. You kind of hinted at it. And listen, not a great postseason for me. Uh, 2023 art, one to forget. Uh, we going with a tease one last time or we just going straight plays here? What, what's the uh, course of action, amigo? No, listen, just like last year's Super Bowl, I never believe in teasing totals. But I will say this about the game. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think if you really wanted to get involved in a teaser, if you told me you were teasing Kansas City plus eight, 
with over 41 and a half or even under 53 and a half. I think it kind of lands in that range. I wouldn't hate it. By the way, my teaser year was awful, but I did end with the divisional and a championship winner. You so did. I'm you happy. finished with a flurry. Yeah. We appreciate I, I did. it. You're like, the, Je- you're like the Jets in week 18. <laughs> you know, you had that win at the end of the season. We'll take it. Dude, I'm, I'm happy about it. Pat myself on the back because you got to do it sometimes. But we're just going to go straight. And I think in a game like this, we've talked about this year, big games where maybe you can get a little bit of discount on the money line. Don't fool around with two or two and a half. I think you just find the best number you can, like a minus 130 on the 49ers money line. I think they get it done. I think they win the game. I got Niners 27, Chiefs 21. Arthur Caesar, it has been an outstanding season, my friend. I know I will see you at some point over the weekend. Thanks to all your contributions here to New York, New York for the 2023 campaign. And buddy, before you know it, I'll be back from South Africa and we'll be getting ready. And gearing up for March Madness. Buckle up. JJ, there's nothing better. Listen, man, let, let me give you all the love in the world, man. I, I'm fortunate enough to go on a couple of radio shows, a couple podcasts, week in and week out. And I don't get more love or more great response than coming on with you every football Friday. You know how I cherish coming on with you. So, listen, man, I appreciate you having me on all year. It's always fun to talk football. And I will say this. I've already had people hit me up on that X saying, I need that March Madness podcast because you, JJ, and Carver give out all the winners and we're looking forward to it. We will be in the lab. We will have this sit down. It's one of my favorite traditions. We do it every year. Yep. So buckle up for that. Arthur Caesar, see ya on the strip, big boy. JJ, you're the best, man. We will catch up soon. We go from Arthur Caesar. Final time this football season. Jeff Money, what's your Super Bowl play? Let's hear it. What's up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper pick to be for our Super Bowl Sunday pick. As far as our stats, uh, I lost my uh, my uh, money play last week. So on the year, I'm actually 11 and 10 on the year. I was 0 and 2 on my picks. I'm 5 and 7 in the playoffs, and overall on the year, I'm 48, 52 and 2. Bets, bets. Uh, I mean, as far as the uh, head-to-head. Uh, right now, I'm 12 and 10 against you on the year, and our family plays. We're 0 and 2 last week, and we're 1 and 5, and we're actually uh, 8, uh, 8, 15 and 1, I think, on the uh, on the year for that. Now, as far as my Super Bowl play, I've been always very lucky on my picks on my side. I can't remember the last time I was on the wrong side, so hopefully, you can keep see if we can keep it going. This year, my Super Bowl pick, I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs plus the two and a half over the San Francisco 49ers. Again, my play will be the Kansas City Chiefs plus the two and a half. Let's see if we have a family play and everyone can follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Jeff Money, unfortunately, my friend, we will not have a family play on Super Bowl Sunday. You, sir, will be riding Kansas City. I will be riding with my clone, Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy, and the San Francisco 49ers. So there will not be a united front for the final football game of the year. This was an absolute blast. Loaded show with all the Knicks stuff, Stephen A., Beningo, the Caesar. I'm glad we got it all in there. We will be rocking on Sunday night. I haven't officially decided this. I'll tweet it out Sunday morning. But I am leaning towards a Twitter spaces uh, maybe about an hour after the Super Bowl concludes because I will be in Las Vegas. I have an early flight on Monday morning. And it will be the most accessible way for our guys to find a rock and roll and I'll get a chance to talk to you guys. So I think that is going to be our plan of action. Stay tuned for that. Um, and the Knicks need to get some bodies back immediately. We know they're getting Bogdanovich and Burks. They'll be here on Saturday. But Brunson... Nobody's going to take some time. Randall's going to take some time. As giddy, as excited as I may be, need to get everybody back on the court. Stefan, great job back in New York. Missed you out here. Next year, in New Orleans, I need my guy out here. That's all there is to it. I need my guy out here. Uh, I hope everybody enjoys their weekend. Hopefully, I survive the next 48, 72 hours in Las Vegas, and we'll chat on Sunday night. JJ out. Be good, everybody.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem for 100 Gambler or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 100 Next Step or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or Visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9 with in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700, or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia, or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org. Or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York.